Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Faris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. So that leads perhaps onto the most important question, a question my dad probably asked me about every six months. He's asked me four or five times now. He still can't get it. Uh, he's an accountant, so, you know, there's that. He he says, you know, who controls Bitcoin? And he, and he gets really frustrated because when you look at everything, you know, whether whatever business, even a piece of software, even open source software, so he uses Linux and, you know, for example, Firefox or whatever. He's like, but yeah, but who controls it? Like who, who does it? So... Um, I could answer it, but Faris, who controls Bitcoin? So I think my answer before is, is the people. So what Gordon mentioned before, when 2017, there was what we called the um, um, the size wars or the block the blockchain wars. Block size, um, yeah. Thank you. So in essence, you had one person who was heavily involved in Bitcoin from day one, kind of wanted to create his own, he wanted to basically run his own Bitcoin and control it himself. And he was trying to convince people to jump on board. So they created their own version of Bitcoin, but the people who ran Bitcoin, the miners, decided, well, no, we're just going to stay with the original Bitcoin as it is now. So when we say, like, for example, we say only 21 million Bitcoins will be created, now that can actually change because if someone says, because anyone can release what's called a, a BIP, a Bitcoin Improvement Protocol, which basically means here's a piece of software I think should be released onto Bitcoin. Anyone can do that. If the miners go, okay, you know what? Where we've got our computers running this code for Bitcoin. We think there's new code that's going to increase Bitcoin to 30 million coins. Let's do that. And they switch over then yes, you can actually now have more Bitcoins. But, and this is the beauty of Bitcoin is, and now you're looking into um, game theory and market for um, game theory, especially is that why would they do that? Why, if you add supply, that's going to diminish the value. So the people running Bitcoin have a financial incentive. Now, I think we are... 2021 now, and this is not news yet, but in the next few years, this is going to be big news, is corporate buybacks. So see what happened since 2008 financial crisis and the response was cheap credit. Corporations are borrowing very cheap money. So Apple, Microsoft, they're borrowing money, very, very cheap. They're buying their own shares with that money. CEOs of these companies, because they're buying their own shares, it means the share market is going up. Share market is going up. Other people are FOMOing in. Because the share price is going up, these guys have options where, hey, I did my job because the share market's going up, even though I'm not making any money, like Tesla, for example. By the simple fact that the share price is going up, these CEOs are making money. So there's one person who, okay, right or wrong, the decision is with that one person. He has a benefit for it going up. And we've actually started to see a resignation of a lot of people in these big Fortune 500 companies. They've cashed out. So years to come, I'm, I'm sure that this will be seen as what the F were you people thinking, just allowing these guys to manipulate the share price. They benefited from it while the rest of the world made it harder. So Bitcoin, you're not going to have that because it is everyone involved in the network that has to determine the changes. 
it is pure democracy. It has to be 51%. If 51% agree that, hey, let's make it 30 million Bitcoins, then yes, democracy wins. And with this democracy, it can't be manipulated um, like it is in other countries. It's not one person, it's not one party um, counting the votes. You can't, you know, you don't have to show up to vote at a specific place at a specific time. doesn't matter where you are. It's anonymous. You vote with your computer. So it is it is democracy in its purest form. And coming from a political background, it's something I truly appreciate about how blockchain works. It is democracy in its purest form. I completely agree. And then actually, it's a lot higher than 51%. It's about 80% to uh, push through any changes. Uh, 51% would be an attack on the network. So if miners decide Thanks, to Gordon. roll yep. back transactions, yeah. But for any major changes, and I think they're trying to get 90% uh, for some of these latest changes. Um, that was a fantastic answer for us, but you didn't ask my question. Uh, who <laughs> controls Bitcoin? Um, well, essentially, it's the people. It's the people connected to the network that control it. So it's anyone who is running a node, and it's the miners. They they control it. So not the nodes themselves, but people. the miners basically control the network. They're the ones that are putting money into the hardware. They're the ones spending money on electricity. They're the ones who can determine if a code comes through. So anyone can release um, a protocol, basically say, here's what I think we should do with Bitcoin. If the miners say yes, then, yep, there you go. That new um, protocol takes place. Uh, this actually was really interesting in that during the block height wars, um, the core developers were taking a long time to release um, what was called SegWit, which basically would allow a layer two onto the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, I think it was two years it had already been running in Litecoin and the core developers hadn't released it yet. And then the key people within the Bitcoin network said, okay, guys, it's time we need this. So they do what was called a user activated soft fork. And essentially the people said, we need this now and just said, we want this. And the core developers said, yep, you know what? We've actually been testing it for a very long time. We know it's ready. Let's do it. So they actually listened to the people and what the people wanted. Um, I understand what you're saying, um, but I think it's nuanced. When you say the people, what what do you, what do you mean? Because there are many different uh, stakeholders in the Bitcoin network. So this is where I'm actually trying to avoid heading into the weeds of Bitcoin mining and nodes. So running a node and 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 mining Bitcoin are very different. Uh, it's very cheap to run a node. You don't really have to do anything. You're just downloading a spreadsheet. Running, mining Bitcoin is very different. It's no longer cost efficient. You can do it yourself out of interest. You're really not going to make money out of it anymore. Um, so I think I've used this example in the past. Um, so I use the example of, of an airplane. So let's say um, Bitcoin blockchain is an airplane and that airplane is in mid-flight. The Miners are the engineers. Um, they're basically the ones making sure the plane is safe to run. And they're on board. They're just making sure engines going and all that. Um, the pilots are the nodes. They just basically yep, fly the direction. So if there is a change that needs to be implemented to the infrastructure of the plane, um, then it's up to the engineers to do it. And that's the miners. They need to implement any changes to the network. If anything goes wrong, the plane crashes. And Bitcoin, as this airplane has been going around and around the world for 12 years now, it has not had any major disruptions. So who is it controlled by? It's controlled by everyone involved. It's the miners and it's people running the nodes as well. It's And it's people transacting in Bitcoin. And it's people buying Bitcoin. 
Um, if people didn't believe in it, they wouldn't be buying it. We won't be recommending people, you know, to dollar cost average Bitcoin if we didn't believe in it. So it is not one person. It is not one group. It is everyone involved. If you lose faith in that one group. Um, and this was, Gordon mentioned before, uh, mining of Bitcoin used to be centralized heavily in China. And China, the Chinese government would release statements that were banning Bitcoin. The price of Bitcoin would plummet 20% in a few hours. Only you then find out, hey, they were buying more of it when it came down. Uh, after a while, people caught on in that stop. And now uh, mining Bitcoin is a lot more decentralized. It's taking place around the world in very different groups. So it is not one person. It is not one group that controls Bitcoin. It is several actors involved working together. And if changes need to be made, they cannot be quick. They're going to be slow. And that's what makes Bitcoin safe is that it's not, um, what's the saying? Um, break things or how's that saying go? Uh, move fast and break things. Yeah, that's not Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not move fast and break things. So people that are developers, heavily involved in the tech industry, they'll go work on Ethereum because that's how Ethereum works. Move fast and break things. Bitcoin is not like that. Bitcoin is the airplane. You want you don't want any turbulence. You want to keep it moving smoothly. Which is cool, by the way. Uh, Ethereum's you know creating a, a 3D printed uh, Ferrari that also can be used as a can opener, which I think is is, is great. Uh, you know, uh, that, that I, I didn't mean to be that. That was a little bit disingenuous of me. I was trying to I was trying to explain how perhaps different purposes. Um, yeah, so we could we could talk about this all day. Who controls Bitcoin? Of course, the answer is no one. Uh, who owns Bitcoin? Everyone. But you know, in reality, I think perhaps in the fast and Faris, you agree with me. Um, the the developers actually had quite a quite a significant say in Bitcoin, especially pre two thousand seventeen. Because let's be honest, you know, the developers were doing the work. They were putting out versions, and it's like you know, this is the version. You run it or you don't run it. And then perhaps in 2017, the miners sort of all got together and the miners really did have the power. But now, as far as said, I'd, I'd probably answer, um, it's now not really controlled by either the miners or the developers. It's really a lot of the people in terms of the hodlers, you know, people like you and I, the people who are holding Bitcoin, the largest institutions who've got a lot of Bitcoin, the exchanges who have got significant amounts of Bitcoin. So yeah, it really isn't one particular party, which perhaps it was in the past. It, it the, the ownership or the control is um, no one, but in reality is actually spread amongst uh, several stakeholders. So I think we're, we're actually moving towards greatest decentralization than less decentralization, which is good. Yeah. And just to clarify, when Bitcoin, sorry, when Gordon says hodlers like me and him, we are not whales. We are not big hodlers of Bitcoin. We are people that just believe in Bitcoin as a long term asset allocation. So anyone asks me how much I invest in Bitcoin, as much as you're willing to lose. Well, yeah, I don't have any Bitcoin. I had a boning accident in 2015. So. Um, so, and this so, is why in our podcast, you ask Gordon, how are you with, with the weather? He say, I'm somewhere in the Northern Hemisphere. That's <laughs> as, about as much as you'll narrow it down. That's true. Um, yeah, that's true. All right. So decentralization, I think we've covered that for us. Um, I hope you've uh, stayed this long. Uh, if you have any questions about decentralization or anything else whatsoever, coincompass.com slash ask. If you would like to just subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends or find out more information, go to bitcoinbasicspodcast.com. All our social media platforms, our YouTube podcast, 
the link to ask us a question, free PDFs, all kinds of stuff is available there. Anything else, Faris? Any concluding thoughts to decentralization? No, I think we've said plenty. So just, yeah, as Gordon said, go to that link, hit us up with any questions, any comments. We always respond to our guests and our listeners. Um, both of them we have so far. Yeah, well, three, I think. <laughs> three, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I listen as well, that's four. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everyone, and see you on the next episode. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.